Technically Iowa is a Technology Association of Iowa podcast, highlighting innovators and tech leaders throughout the state. The Technology Association of Iowa is a statewide member-based organization uniting Iowa's technology community by connecting leaders, developing talent, driving public policy, and fostering diversity and inclusion. The Technology Association of Iowa believes every Iowa company is a technology company. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more and get involved. My name is Cassandra Kotek, and I will be your host for today's show. With us today talking about robotics and automation as it relates to manufacturing 4.0 is Lori Schaefer-Wheaton, president of Agri-Industrial Plastics Company, and Josh White, automation supervisor at Agri-Industrial Plastics Company. Thank you both for being here today. We'll start with who you are and what your day-to-day responsibilities are at Agri-Industrial Plastics. Lori, we can start with you. So thanks for having us today. My name is Lori Schaefer-Wheaton. I'm president of Agri-Industrial Plastics Company. We're a medium-sized advanced manufacturing company in Fairfield, Iowa, just southeast corner of the state. Basically, my role at the company can vary day-to-day, but I would say overall, it's really for to keep all the departments and all employees moving in the same direction. I'm also a recovering accountant, I guess you would say. So at the end of the day, I need to make sure that the numbers still make sense and that we're running a sustainable business and investing in the right areas, whether that's equipment, facilities, technology, and of course, in our people. I also am a huge believer in having a strategic business plan that everyone is part of, whether it's giving input to or certainly understanding what comes out of that process. And most importantly, I consider it my responsibility to hire really smart people and get out of their way, (laughs) providing whatever support they need along the way. Nothing is more important to Agra as is recruiting, developing, and retaining good people, people like Josh White, who make a difference every day. Awesome. And Josh, can you tell us what your day-to-day responsibilities are? Yeah, my name is Josh White. I've worked here at Agroplastics for about 21 years. So I I started actually as a production worker. So I've kind of worked my way up through the company over the years and now supervising the automation department. It's a pretty wide range of responsibilities really from our daily setups. You know, we, we're a custom blow molder, so we're constantly changing from job to job. So the setup side of, of it is pretty big for us making sure that's all done efficiently and, uh, and safely. And then um, also looking at new projects and doing R&D work on new technology and things like that. Great. So we'll dive right in. Lori, how has Agri-Industrial Plastics Company grown in the last 10 years? Well, big question. I would say we've grown in every way possible over the last 10 years. We've grown from about 100 employees to 200. We wish we were at 250. Like everyone else, that's a bit of a challenge right now, especially in small town Iowa. We've doubled our support staff in areas like IT, automation, quality, engineering, continuous improvement, HR. From On a machine perspective, we've grown from about 20 production machines to 28. And most of that growth has really been fueled by our gas tank clients and OEMs. A huge part of our business now, it's about eight machines, but it's about 50% of the revenue. So it's really grown a lot over those years. 
square footage, we've probably gone from about 250,000 square feet to 350. So yeah, I mean, we've grown in a lot of ways, but all with trying to keep that same small company feel in terms of being part of one family and still depending on the same values that were established back in 1978 with Dick Smith. And I would say that most of our growth too, it really is about supporting our customers and where they're going to. That's how we've continued to grow and be a good supplier to many, many companies from large OEMs to smaller mom, pot companies down the street. Great. So Josh, talk to us a little bit about from fuel tanks to equipment components, large clients to small business clients. How has Agri-Industrial Plastics Company evolved in terms of automation? When I first started in here, we had just a couple of CNC machines that we used to trim parts. That was really it. And we, we had one guy that was in charge of all of them. So there was really no automation department at the time, you know. So we've we've added into six axis robots now. We have a, we have eleven Fanix six axis robots that we use to for a variety of purposes now. And we also have four of us in the automation department. So not not only with equipment but with personnel also. And we're also growing as as far as not just using the robots for trimming parts, but we're using them to inspect parts and to assemble parts and things like that. Great. So you mentioned it, it started with one person. Now, can you speak to that automation team and who that encompasses? Yeah. So the team now, you know, it's it's a lot of younger guys who are, who are really excited about what they do and they like the opportunities that we have to do new things and to explore, you know, all kinds of kinds of different new technology, things like daily. Great. So, Lori, how would you say Agri-Industrial Plastics Company is thriving during this manufacturing 4.0 revolution? Well, I think we're all, if we're honest, just still trying to figure out what the revolution means. You know, what is Industry 4.0 and what does it mean for each of us? And so I think one of the things that will enable us to continue to thrive is really the fact that we're willing to learn and we're willing to partner with people who know more than we do. So we certainly know blow molding and we know our machines and, you know, we have a really talented group of people now who are embracing new technologies, but we also depend heavily on our suppliers. We've been very fortunate over the years to work with a high-end blow molding company called Caltex in Germany. They certainly have seen other facilities. They've seen the automotive world, which is usually on the cutting edge versus, you know, some of the things that we do. So I really believe strongly in partnering with people. We have a company, in fact, coming in today, an innovative Iowa company that specializes in cobots. And I, I hope they will bring something to us that shows us, you know, what that might look like at Agra for doing some of the tasks we have on our production floor. I also think that our ability to continue to thrive, you know, we have always, this is not a cheap proposition. <laughs> so When Josh talks about a robot or 11 robots, that's a huge investment. Anywhere from, I don't know, $200,000 to $500,000 per robot and up from there. So I think the fact that we're willing to invest in these new technologies is big. We're making a priority on that investment. But we also recognize that they have to have a return on investment. So tracking what that is, figuring out 
you know, what's the shortest time to get our money out of it? And what's the biggest impact? Like for us right now, if we can take robotics, for instance, and take out a person of the process, that's huge for us. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, we're down 50 people. So if we can use robots and cobots to do things that, you know, have higher quality or they're safer, and then take our people and put them at higher level positions, that's our, that's the model we're really striving for. So technologies can improve a lot of things very quickly. We just are still working to figure out what it means exactly for Agra. And that means so much to an Iowa company. I love that you mentioned not taking employees out completely, taking employees and helping them to grow and thrive within the company. So we're not replacing humans. We are redirecting humans to other things that machines simply can't, such as leadership roles and strategic planning. So that's wonderful to hear. And I would just say upscaling and upskilling. And, you know, that's why we're so dependent. Like Josh's team, amazing team. Many of them have degrees from Indian Hills Community College in their robotics program. So what was great is they come in and they've already seen some things. They get to know what we're doing. And then they can, right out of the gate, they can contribute and really be part of moving things forward. And I think that kind of engagement, that's where you can't even measure the return on investment from people like that because they're so willing to, you know, be part of some moving things forward and therefore we're getting a lot done. So it's, it's been a really great, it's been fun to watch actually. That's wonderful to hear. So Josh, I want to pivot a little bit back to, you mentioned employees and training. Can you speak to how often training and employee update programs are being done to ensure the safety of your employees? It's really constant and ongoing with us. You know, we're, we're always looking into new technologies and reaching out to vendors and, and having people come in to show us, you know, the latest and greatest things or even help us with things that we have existing in the facility that we might not be using to the highest efficiency yet. So it's, it's always, it's always something that we're looking at. Also getting, you know, people who have been here for a long time and getting them out to see some of that stuff that's new. So they, they see what else is out there. You know, they don't just see what we do here, but they see what's, what's available. Like Lori mentioned earlier, you know, the people is a big part of it. So we don't have the people to program the robots. We're not going to have any robots at work. So yeah, the, the training is extremely important. Certainly. How do you necessarily determine whether you need one more robot or 11 more robots, and you, as you had previously mentioned, is it production time? Is it growing number of clients? Can you speak to that a little bit? It, yeah, it has a lot to do with the production requirements, but it also has a lot to do with new projects that we're working on. So if we're looking at a new, adding a new process, you know, that means that's going to mean a new robot, or we're actually right now having two more built. So hopefully in a couple of months, we'll have two more. And that, those two were just because of production. Now, um, another two that we're having built are for a new project that's coming in. So it's kind of a mix you know, of, of different situations. But it's something that we have to keep looking at constantly and make sure that we don't you know, wait too long before we, before we try and buy one. Because 
it obviously takes a long time to get things right now. Certainly does. And I am inspired by how passionate you both are to be first to market. Lori, can you speak to how important it is at Agra Industrial Plastics Company to be the first and breakthroughs in terms of the manufacturing 4.0 revolution? How is that embedded into your strategic planning? Well, I think that even going back probably before we were doing formalized strategic planning, what is embedded in our culture is an engineering mindset. So our founder, 1978, he was an engineer by background. Nothing is ever good enough, right? I mean, you have to look at everything you do with a mindset of how can we do it better? How can we do it more efficiently? How can we do it safer with better quality? Like all of those things, I feel like that is the cornerstone of how the company was founded. And I think that naturally over years, that was really pushed down through our setup technicians who are the ones setting up the machines for every job. And even down to our operators now with a full court press on true continuous improvement, how do you get people's suggestions and ideas and make them turn them into reality? So I think that we don't necessarily look at our competitor down the street as like somebody we have to be better than. But we do look at, to Josh's point, any facility you can get into where you get an idea of something you can do, you know, again, better, faster, safer with less money is going to make you more competitive for the long haul. And it just goes back to that sustainability question and the fact that, you know, you're going to have to be good at it because you're also going to have to pay these people to be in these upscale positions. And we want to see everybody succeed together. So I think it's all so connected, but to me, it really started back with that engineering mindset. And that's still today, just what we bring to our customers and to the market. We're always striving to exceed our customers' expectations and their expectations year over year are getting ratcheted up very quickly. So this is where technology can have a huge impression and improve the process. So things like a visual system. So instead of relying on a person to make sure that those 20 different parts are assembled correctly, now you have a guaranteed inspection station. So there's just so many ways it can impact the product, the part quality, even down to the design. So again, I just we have to continue to ask ourselves, how can we do it better? And what role does technology play in that, both on the floor and off the floor, because IT as well, and just a really robust ERP system is also a big part of it to me. How do you use data to run your business better and smarter and more efficiently? So there's so many avenues to it. That's very interesting. And I want to know, are there any specific product line processes that have that have had difficulties, that have had issues that have been overcome because of that relentless drive to continue to improve? Huh, Josh, you may have to help me on this as far as specific. I mean, I, again, I go back to the visual system for inspecting, which has a considerable impact on our quality from what the customer sees. And I certainly know that we can take out time and do things better, more consistently when you use a robot or any kind, really robotic trimming versus 
having somebody try to hand trim something. And again, we're making it safer because we're not using them to do those things. But I'll let Josh chime in here too. Yeah, the safety side of it is really big. That's something that we've really been focusing on here you know, a lot, it seems like recently, is any time that we can take either a knife or a, take a bandsaw out of a work cell and put a robot there, it's it's obviously better for the for the worker. Other things, yeah, you know, the vision systems are are pretty incredible what they can do now. You know, we have we have some things that we're working with a 3D vision system that's actually gonna basically take the operator out of that portion of the cell where all they have to do is load parts and the robot can pretty much take care of itself. So do the robots this is an offhand question because I just find this fascinating. Are you having them work 24-7 or do they have to be monitored by humans at some point to keep up with evaluations? The human interaction is basically loading and unloading okay. the parts. But yeah, the robots are capable of, of operating 24-7. Yeah, I mean, like the 3D vision system I was talking about, that's just one step of taking you know the human a little bit further away from it to where you can load a whole shift's worth of parts so the person doesn't have to interact with it only only one time a day versus every cycle. Interesting. So going back to our questions, Josh, can you speak to how Agri-Industrial Plastics has taken advantage of any manufacturing 4.0 resources out there? You know, one thing about Agri-Plastics, we've always been willing to invest in new technology and making sure that the, you know, we're, we're up to speed with the latest and greatest things out there. And yeah, you know, the work we're doing with the 3D vision systems, picking parts and things like that. And we're also doing some work with the data acquisition, real time processing. You know, we're looking at, you know, being able to monitor a process and actually troubleshoot it in real time versus after a production run over. And we look back and say, what went wrong? Know, we can actually react to it in real time. Lori, the last question is for you, unless either of you want to touch on something or delve into something a little deeper. What does the future hold in terms, I know you mentioned at the very beginning, we don't really know where this manufacturing 4.0 revolution is headed, but where is industrial agroplastics headed? So, you know, I, the short answer is just more learning, continuing on this journey to learn, continuing to invest when we find technologies that we feel are a good fit for us, continuing to hire great people that are willing to take on these challenges or are excited about them. It's at their core. Also, just the connectedness that Josh started to talk about a little bit, but, you know, Running a business, no matter what business, is hard. And now the good thing is we have great data. We have so much data. We don't know what to do with it. So I think, you know, as we go, it will be how do we connect all these things together? And again, keep everyone and everything going in the same direction. You know, I think at the end, it's a journey like so many things that we all have to be on together at the pace that makes sense for our company. And in support of what our customers are requiring of us. So, you know, when quality is expectations are ratcheting up, when a design is much more complicated, you know, we're going to have to have machines that are really dialed in. And if something starts to go out of whack, we need to know it in the moment, not at the end of a run. And so I think all those things 
you know, there's just so much. I mean, I can talk about any part of our business and it will be touched by this, right? We haven't even mentioned maintenance, but you know, the ability to predict maintenance versus fix it after the fact. And, you know, there's so much opportunity. And right now I think we're just trying to find, figure out where are the big wins for us and how do we attack it a little at a time and keep everyone on the same page. Certainly. Well, I speak for all Iowans when I say we are so proud to have Agri-Industrial Plastics Company be a part of Iowa, and it's embedded in our manufacturing industry. This is just fantastic. Technically, Iowa is powered by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, dedicated to helping Iowa manufacturers remain globally competitive. Learn more at iowamfg.com.